Meet Greg and Kristen Taylor. We believe that it's important to be efficient no matter what level you've saved. Get to know them more at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. The market's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's a matter of when that's going to happen and what phase in life you're in when it happens. This is Winning Retirement Radio. We had a little bit of a chaotic uh, morning getting things set here in the studio. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like that chaos is everywhere I turn these days, you know? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Total chaos, especially what's happened to everybody's March brackets, you know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Forget about it. But I double-checked my bingo card for 2023, and I did not have a Chinese spy balloon being taken down near the South Carolina coast. Congress having to go through 15 votes to secure a Speaker of the House. China's leader just kind of hanging out in Moscow for a few days or a bank collapse or two on my card. I mean, a lot has been happening in the world of news. But you are a fiduciary and you have more than two decades experience doing this, Greg. Do you believe investors near and in retirement should batten down the hatches or maybe lean on the old adage of in the midst of chaos, there's also an opportunity I only ask that because parts of Wall Street are on sale some days. <laughs> well, you know, one person's um, sale is someone else's tragedy, right? True. But if we're not careful, what can happen is we can let all the noise, all the what I call programming. Mm-hmm. That's true. You don't like to call it news. Cause us to live in total despair or in fear. And by the way, they don't call it programming on accident. They're trying to program the way we feel because it's true. What we think about does determine how we feel. And how we feel determines what we do or how we act. And so it can be really, really tough right now to try to sort out what is real in connection with how it affects our daily lives versus things that are out there to program us to think a certain way. So we have to be really, really judicious on how we take in and digest things. Because, you know, you think about that one bank failure, Mm -hmm. which it is a tragedy and is brought on by our good old government. You know, they (laughs) kept pushing interest rates way down Mm -hmm. to kind of keep the economy pumped up. And then they pumped an additional trillions upon trillions of dollars into our economy in a time where, you know, we had a supply chain problem. So it's that old supply and demand thing. Did they not realize that that would cause inflation? Mm-hmm. And so you have all that going on. And then what do they do? They try to fix their own problem. And so they're raising rates. And Silicon Valley Bank just kind of got caught in the crosshairs. And thankfully for all those people there that the government is going to seem like bail them out maybe. I mean, for all the investors that had you know, lots of money there. That's good news for them anyway. Mm, For the taxpayers, for the taxpayers like you and I, it doesn't help us out a whole lot. Just like all those trillions they pumped into the economy didn't really help us out a whole lot. So in the middle of all this, what do I do with my money? What do I do with my investments? Well, when it comes to risk, there's essentially two words that I discuss. One is tolerance for risk. That's our fear meter. You know, when do we become Mm -hmm. scared to death? And then the second one is our capacity for risk. That's our ability to afford the risk that we're taking. Okay. And so when you break all that down, we have to really break money down into two primary asset classes. 
One is where our principal's at risk. Mm -hmm. The second one, and how much we should have in asset classes where our principal's protected, is based on our tolerance and our capacity. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay. In the last six months, I met with a family. The husband was 65, the wife 64, getting ready to retire, and they had saved about $2.2 million. It had been, though, nearly $3 million. Ooh. Now, they only needed about $30,000 a year in addition to their Social Security and a small pension to meet their lifestyle needs. So they, they didn't need a lot of income based on what they had saved. And so really, for this family, they had the capacity to take risks. But what was interesting was the wife especially had absolutely no tolerance for volatility any longer. She says, you know what? We've lost nearly a third of our nest egg. Mm -hmm. I do not have the appetite to take on that risk any longer. So we did a number of things for them. First of all, we protected that $30,000 a year of income. We set that aside in an account, and it only took a little over $500,000 to accomplish that. Okay. So that left almost one point. $7 million that they had access to that they could focus on growth. So the husband had a little bit more of an appetite or, you know, ability to take on some risks. So about half of that 1.7 million we put into a portfolio. And, you know, you heard us talk about risk scores. Mm -hmm. They go anywhere from one to 99. Well, the husband was a 48. Hmm. The wife, I mean, she wouldn't even really answer the question. She was realistically more like a 15 or a 20 hmm. at this point. So we were able to take half of that and put it into a portfolio that was within the 48 risk score for the long-term growth for the husband. And the other half we put into some protected growth where the principal was protected, but they did have potential to get double-digit gains. They just didn't have any potential for loss in the account. And you know, the string attached there was there was some time commitment to this type of account. So they couldn't just put it all in one day and pull it all back out the next and for it to be liquid. So those were some of the things there. And so the, even though they had the capacity to take on more risk, they didn't have the tolerance. But just about six weeks ago, I met with a couple and they were in their late 60s and they both had state retiree pensions. So they only needed at about ten dollars to $15,000 of additional income to meet their lifestyle need. In their case, they'd only saved about 480000 So okay. not quite half a million dollars. But still a lot for them. A lot for them, that's right. And, and so they'd saved that amount for them, and, and they only needed about ten dollars to $15,000 of income. So in that case, it only took about $200,000 of that four eighty to protect that income. And they had less capacity for risk, but they had a lot of tolerance. Both mm. of them were pretty aggressive. Both of them thought, you know, at this point, let's protect our income. And then we want the rest of that, that extra 280. We want that to grow as much as it possibly can. And their risk scores were in both in the sixties. So we were able to take on a little bit more risk in their case, but they didn't have as much affordability as a couple I met with last year. Mm. They didn't have as much capacity, but they had the tolerance. So that's where people have to find that niche for themselves. Where is my capacity versus my tolerance 
for risk. And then how do I how do I fit this into a plan? Because of the things that are principle protected, there's lots of tools that we can talk about there. CDs, savings accounts, fixed annuities. We have things like T-bills and, and all those things that our principal can be protected from market losses. They don't always keep pace with inflation. That's the string attached. Hmm. And so then you have some things that are protected for income and some that are protected for growth where you can get double-digit gains without risking your principal. But now the string attached isn't, it doesn't keep up with inflation. Now the string attached is it's not fully liquid. Hmm. And then if you've got the capacity and the tolerance for risk, you put it in the market, you put it in what we call the growth bucket, and you've got the most growth potential. And for the most part, those assets are liquid. The string attached is you can lose principal. So you see, folks, no matter where you put your money, there's always a string attached. This is what people fail to tell everybody. The bank is safe. The string attached, you don't keep up with inflation. Having protected accounts that grow, safe, growth potential that can get up to double digits, wonderful, string attached, not fully liquid. Hmm. The market, the most growth potential, for the most part liquid, string attached, you can lose your money. So there's no perfect solution here. But what we don't want is for us to get so tied up in what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, what's happening with the, the folks in China what's happening with uh, the raises in Washington, that we let all this either cause us to panic and make a really bad decision or just be stymied and do nothing at all. We care about those global events, but we have to protect and preserve and still live day to day inside the four walls of our home. And your lifestyle is what drives everything at Legacy Retirement Group. Another thing I can't with right now is the Fed, and I think a lot of us feel that way. They recently announced their ninth interest rate hike within a year, raising rates despite the tremendous banking concerns, and they're forecasting one more rate increase for 2023. And Greg, I also saw that Americans are spending about $395 more per month on day-to-day items. That's at least according to Moody's Analytics. Something just doesn't feel right with all of these numbers and the financial news. I guess I kind of asked this question earlier, but I I just know people are that concerned. Well, people are concerned. And, you know, Kristen, as people come in from listening to the show and sit down with me or sit down with a member of our team and they start laying out their concerns. You know, there's a lot of concerns people have right now. I'd say the number one concern that our listeners have as they, they come talk to me are, is taxes. Mm. Taxes is a huge, huge concern because they don't trust the people in Washington. And I think, to be honest, I think it's for good reason. Yes. You know, they've um, earned that reputation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. As I say sometimes when my wife calls me on something, I resemble that comment. Well, they resemble <laughs> that comment. But the second, Number two, slightly behind that, is the fear of outliving their retirement savings, that, that the money won't last long enough to keep up with this inflation, mm-hmm. that won't, won't last long enough because of what's happening in the market, mm-hmm. that won't last because of the need to spend more over time, or maybe because of health care things in the future. I mean, there's lots of reasons, but out 
living your retirement savings is a big, big deal. Healthcare costs, long-term care, need for retirement income, stock market volatility. But you know, probably third or fourth on the list of concerns that people share with us is the lack of a plan. Mm. You know, what's interesting is most of the people that come in, I would say at least 90 to 95% of the people that come in have had an advisor for years. You would think that advisor would have put together a plan. Well, they would call it a plan. They call it a financial plan. And what it looks like is a Monte Carlo simulation. Okay. In fact, I just had a couple come in uh, last week. And they said we're about 89% that we're going to be okay to not outlive our money. I said, well, where did you come up with that number? 89%. That's. They said, well, you know, our advisor did this analysis for us, and he came back and said there's an 89% probability. And I said, well, how'd that make you feel? And they said, well, it kind of gave us mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. 89 isn't too bad, but... You'd like it to be better. 89 isn't great either, you know? I mean, that's a B back in my day. It's a B. And I said, plus, what's that all based upon? That's based upon what's happened in the market in the past. And are we really confident that how the market performed in the past is how it can perform moving forward hmm. with what's happened in our country in the last three years. I'm not confident in anything with what's happened in the last three years. Oh, it's, it's crazy. So what's really interesting about a plan is the plan is really only relevant to our own personal economy. So if you made a plan for me and you made a plan for my friend Lisa and we're near retirement or already there, hypothetically, we would have different plans because we have different things. 100%. Okay. 100%. In fact, I just met for the second time, no, I'm sorry, the third time with a dear, dear lady, single lady, a widow, and bless her heart, she is so afraid right now. Mm. She's so afraid, and she can't help but engulf herself in the news. Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, look, they want you to be scared because the more scared you are, the, the more, more you're you going to tune in. Yeah, It's horrible. It really is. But, but anyway, she was worried about it all. I mean, everything I just listed, outliving your money, inflation, healthcare costs, taxes, the stock market, lack of a plan, all of it. I brought it up and showed her the list. She said, yes. I said, what do you mean? She said, every one of those I'm oh, concerned about. Oh, that's hard. And she says, I want no money in the stock market. Oh. Not a dime. She said, I would panic if it lost any. Hmm. And bless her heart, that's what had happened. And I said, well, you know, the good news is you don't really need income. So we just need to try to do our best to keep up with inflation. And we gave her a strategy. And, and she kind of likes the strategy. And so she's supposed to get back to us in the next week or two to finalize everything and and move forward, right, with a plan for her. Mm-hmm. But not everybody feels that way, right? So right. everybody's plan's a bit different. But our plans are based on principles. First of all, no investment decision should be made outside the context of your plan. So therefore, your plan determines how you're invested. Your plan determines the positions that you hold. Your plan determines where you put your money. Okay, It's not... 60-40. It's not 70-30. It's not 
well, a target date fund. It's not any of those types of things. It's simply your plan. You need to make sure that you are managing risk efficiently. Okay. No matter where you put your money, you can never eliminate all risks. We call them strings attached, but they're also risks. No matter where you put your money, there are risks. Inflation risk or market risk or interest rate risk, or there's always a risk. Then protect your income, grow the rest. If you need $20,000 a year extra to maintain your lifestyle, let's protect that $20,000 a year. Let's shut you feel comfortable that it's going to come in month after month after month after month, no matter how long you or your spouse live or no matter how long you live yourself. I mean, make sure that you've protected that income. Now we can grow the rest and we can afford to take some risk. Why? Because we protected the way you live. Mm -hmm. All those things are part of the plan, your goals. Understanding the fundamental shifts that happen when you retire, going from growing and accumulating your money to now needing it to live on throughout your retirement years. And now, you know, turning age 73 and having required minimum distributions that have to come out. All those things are part of retirement planning. And by the way, retirement planning is different than financial planning. Financial planning is there to help you accumulate and grow wealth. Retirement planning is there to help you sustain your wealth throughout the rest of your days. It's a huge difference. So a couple came in a month ago and they had some of these concerns we talked about and we did their portfolio x-ray and we were testing to see were they in the right places. So we did our risk score analysis with them and they scored a 42. When their portfolio came back, when we did the test on it, it was a 69. Hmm. So there was a disconnect there. They said, well, we thought we were in conservative investments. I said, a lot of people do. Then they find out that their portfolio is a lot riskier than they ever dreamed. And so we were able to make adjustments there. We were able to protect the amount of income they needed. We were able to help them actually. And what was interesting was the portfolio that our team manages at a 42 risk score had done a way better job of growing over the last five and 10 years than the one they had that was a 68 Mm. or 69 rather. So you don't always have to take more risk to get a better outcome. That's the thing. So for everyone that listens to our show regularly, or maybe you've tuned in for the first time, Do you know what your score is? Do you know where you stand with risk versus return? Do you have a plan? Has anybody ever sat down and addressed the concerns that you have and made it your own personal plan? Link up to us and get in touch at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. A little pop culture news. King Charles III's coronation is Saturday, May 6th at Westminster Abbey in London. Then he will officially be king, and I think she'll be queen consort. I don't know. I do keep up with the royals to a certain extent. But here at home, it kind of feels like, you know, we don't have a king, of course, unless maybe it's cash. Because there are some savings and money market accounts yielding around 4% these days. So I wanted to ask you as a fiduciary, Greg, if someone is close to calling it quits at work or already retired, and they're very concerned about losing too much of their nest egg to these market plunges that are unpredictable. Is going to cash a good idea right now? Oh, my goodness. You know, there's so many things to consider when we get ready to retire. 
And one of the things is what we need our money to do. We need our money to provide, to some degree, safety of our principal. Mm-hmm. We need our money to have growth potential to keep pace with inflation over time. We need to have liquidity for needs and wants and emergencies that arise. And in some cases, we may need to provide a steady stream of income when we retire to help replace those paychecks that we lost when we retired. So not a lot of big pensions that are going to pay all the bills, not a lot of Social Security checks that will pay all the bills, although Social Security is doing, you know, an admirable amount, you know, based on how much income you earn. But Social Security alone typically isn't enough. Mm -hmm. So what I've discovered, though, there's not one single financial tool that can deliver all of those things. Mm -hmm. It can't provide safety and growth and liquidity and a steady stream of income and, and all those things that we needed to do. All at one time. No offense, Greg, if that existed, you'd be out of a job. Well, it kind of (laughs) would. And and what I would say is what we would be looking for is the Swiss Army knife that actually works, right? I've had a Swiss Army knife, and the knife part's okay, but the little pair of scissors really don't really cut it. it? No, exactly. (laughs) Don't really cut it. Yes. (laughs) And the little tiny screwdriver isn't all that effective, and, and so... You need each individual tool to do its best thing. So we call it here in our practice the three-bucket approach. And within that three-bucket approach, we've said, okay, some things that we put our money in protect our principal. Mm -hmm. So those things are savings and T-bills and short-term CDs and fixed annuities and index-linked contracts. They all protect your principal. Okay. Some of them protect your principal and are fully liquid. Some of them protect your principal but have more limited liquidity. Some of them protect your principal and have growth opportunities. And so they all do different things. Then there's asset classes that where our principal is at risk. And so then we're trying to make that part as efficient as we can between how much it makes for us versus how much it can drop. So every area of our plan needs to be efficient. We need to be efficient with risk. We need to be efficient with income. We need to be efficient with our liquidity needs, with taxes, with health care, and with whatever we leave behind to those we love. So that part, we need to be efficient. But here's the problem. So many what are called plans today are cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one size fits all, 60, 40, 70, 30, you know, target date fund. Okay, I'm going to put you in the 2025 fund. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sounds reasonable, right? I'm going to retire in 2025. Yeah. I should be in the 2025 fund. But do you even know what you're invested in? Do you know how much risk is in that 2025 fund? Do you know how it's done? What are the fees? Do you know any of those things? I hadn't really described it quite like this before on the show, but your plan should really be a reflection of you. Hmm. What is it that you want out of your plan? Some people want their plan to allow them to go to Florida four or five months a year, which, hey, that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? I'd rather (laughs) be where the weather's nice in the winter, where Mm -hmm. the sun actually shines. Some want their plan to help them do things with their grandkids. 
somewhat their plan to help them fix up their house or to buy, as a couple that came in not long ago, to buy a lake house up on Lake Erie. Some, their plan allows them to travel all over the United States or all over the world. Everybody has different elements to their plan. So the plan should be a reflection of who you are and what you want to accomplish in your retirement. So your needs and goals, your tolerance and capacity for risk. You know, I had a couple in not long ago. They were very conservative. They sat down with their advisor and the advisor said, well, I know you guys think you need to be conservative, but I'm going to put you in the 90-10 plan. Hmm. 90% stock, 10% bond. Oh, and they're conservative-minded with their money, but he ignored that. Obviously, they came to see us because they weren't getting what they wanted. They wanted a plan that reflect them, and he wanted their plan to reflect him. Mm-hmm. Your plan should reflect your need for liquidity. Now, I personally believe that in retirement, you should have no less than $50,000 liquid. I prefer it to be 100 But if you want 200000 liquid, whatever... I just met with a lady. She wants to help her nephew. She's a single lady. She's one of the sweetest people I've met. And she said, my nephew is wanting to buy this farm and I'm trying to help him. And he might need $300,000 to buy that farm. And I'm going to keep that liquid. I said, okay, we'll make sure that we put that in your plan. Now, is it the wisest use to that money? Maybe not. But is it what she wants? Yes. Because it's not about you. It's about it's her. It's the reflection of mm-hmm. her in mm-hmm. the plan. So you're saying a plan is almost like a mirror. We should be able to look at it and see ourselves in it, see what we want to accomplish, the fun things and the necessary things. Absolutely. So the three-bucket approach is designed to, to do that. So the amount liquid is in the liquid bucket. Let's figure out how much we need to put in there and let's get it there. The amount you need for income, it's going to be based on your decisions for how you want your retirement to play out. Okay, so we need to make sure that we've accounted for that and put the appropriate amount in the income bucket to generate the income that you need, that desired amount. That's different for everybody. No two families or people come in and have the same exact plan. And then your growth bucket. What does that look like? Do you want your money to grow without any downside market risk, where you can still get potentially double-digit gains without risking your principal, just having limited liquidity? Or do you want it in the market where you can get the most gain but realize that you can lose value at times because the market goes up and down, but you want it to be as efficient as it possibly can be within your risk comfort zone and have someone actually pay attention to what your risk score is, finding out how much risk versus return you can actually tolerate. That's all part of your reflection in your plan. Connect now at winningretirementradio.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax 
tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with a competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.